People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Tina Konkin. She's the founder of Relationship Lifeline, and I'm excited because she's local here in Orange County, California with me. As a speaker, Tina is engaging, entertaining, and inspiring. She is a sought-after speaker for men and women's groups, conferences, churches, and businesses across the United States and Canada, and even overseas. Tina has been featured on television shows, programs, radios, and she is the founder of the Relationship Lifeline Program and the exclusive Couples Retreat, which I can't wait to hear about. Welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you. It's good to be on there. And yes, from Orange County. I know. I'm excited. Very excited. I've heard a lot of great things about you. I'd like to get started with our um, guests telling a little bit about themselves. Can you start with that? Yeah. Do you want me to go back a little bit? How I got started in all this? Absolutely. Okay. Well, it was probably um, about 22, 23 years ago when my oldest daughter, Jenny, um, was 10 years old, and I found myself not being able to um, love her like I should as a mom. I started feeling like I was pushing her away, and there was nothing that seemed to work, no amount of, you know, head talk and self-talk and prayer and everything else I knew to do. Um, and even counseling, I went two or three times, but unfortunately the counselor tried to go back into my past and rejection issues of my own, and I felt very unsafe about that. And so the problem continued, and it actually started when she was eight, and by the time I got help, she was 10. And then I ended up going to a Dr. Phil workshop when he wasn't Dr. Phil, when he did intensives like I do now, And I trained with his partner for two years in Canada, actually. And it was then that we realized during that time and that freedom I received that unresolved issues from your past go away unless you resolve them. And so that started a whole new journey for my husband and I. And we decided this is what we wanted to do for the rest of our lives. So like I said, we trained for two years with Dr. Phil's partner in Canada and um, and started uh, what was Lifeline Seminars back then. And when we came here to the United States in 2008, then we started our Relationship Lifeline program here. That's it in a nutshell. Wow, what, what a beginning. You know, I like that you said, um, and I've read, your past doesn't have to control your future. That's correct. But it does if you don't resolve it. Right, and that's what you and did. 
yourself, yeah. Can you tell our guests um, a little bit more about your your past? And we'll get to what you're doing now to help everybody in relationships and all that terrific work that you're doing. But can you do you want to talk a little bit about what you know you went through early on? You you mentioned having Jenny, your one daughter at the time. Did did you have or do you have other children? I do. I have three children. At the time of the rejection of Jenny, I had a son who was also five, Joshua. And that same feeling towards him wasn't there. And, of course, now they tease me being from an Italian background. Of course not. He was a boy, but it wasn't that at all. There was definitely some things happening inside of me then. And going back further, and and then my third child is 11, and we adopted her when she was three months old. So um, she's a real real lifeline for me. I got to start all over and do it better, I hope, you know, with a little bit, with a few more tools in my belt. But going backwards uh, in my own life, there was a lot of abandonment and rejection. I remember um, as a little girl just knowing that I was the problem in, in my parents' marriage. I remember hearing many times, you should have never been born. Um, and that wasn't the worst. It was more um, when that same rejection began to appear in different places in my own life and my own experience. So the only place I didn't have rejection was with my grandparents. But unfortunately, at my age of eight, uh, we immigrated from Belgium to Canada, and I had to leave my grandparents behind. And at that time, really the only source of love I knew. And so coming to Canada, then there was a whole new level of rejection is I was bullied because I didn't know the language. I didn't speak English. I spoke French. And no, you know, Canada is supposed to be known as a dual language, not in Manitoba. The children there in that small town that I grew up in had never seen a non-English speaking person. So again, I experienced rejection. So from a very young age, I learned how to protect myself by putting up walls of anger, control, I was very hard, even as a child. I didn't let anybody in. And, of course, that carried on through life and just got worse. And there were a couple of times where I tried to let my walls down in love relationships, and I met my husband, who was just absolutely wonderful. But he never had my full heart either because mm. that was too fierce. The idea of being rejected was um, way too huge a risk to take. And so... Um, that's when I learned by the time Jenny was 10, I was 35, I learned that anything unresolved from your past, and for me the root was rejection, you know, of I should have never been born, and then being bullied in school, and that continued on as I began to gain a lot of weight from about the age of 10 and uh, all through high school. For most of my high school and college years, I was very overweight And so, again, you know, that just built the rejection up to another level. And until I wasn't able to, you know, really resolve that, there there was a certain part of me that just didn't live. And then Mm -hmm. I was putting it out. Whatever's unresolved comes back. And for me, it came back in rejecting my little girl. Well, well, I'm looking at a picture of you right now, and you look like you've come through, you know, quite a bit over the past, 
you know, 30 years or so. Um, that's just an amazing story. I'm, I'm, I'm touched, very touched. Thank you. Well, and you know, part of the hope that I give to people today is that, um, you know, we, we do what we call the R3, and the R3 really is, is about revealing yesterday. So that's the R1 is to reveal. And if we're not willing to reveal yesterday, then the future is controlling us. Sorry, the past is controlling our future. And you can't heal or change what you're not willing to reveal. And sometimes it goes deeper than that. I was able to reveal I was rejecting my daughter. I just wasn't able to face the connection to the past and how that rejection of her was tied into my past. And that's the hard part of reveal. But then Mm -hmm. even if you do reveal, unless you know how to rewrite today, and the rewrite is your R2, and rewriting today is really about changing your perspective on what happened. For me to change that rejection issue, I had to be able to see my mom from a different perspective. And I did. I went through the process actually at the Dr. Phil uh, weekend and um, the five-day intensive. And I suddenly was able to see my mom, not as a mom, but as a 16-year-old carrying a child she wasn't ready to have yet. And so when I saw that, it, it totally took me into a rewrite position because now I saw a 16-year-old not rejecting me, just the time of my birth was not okay. It wasn't a, it was timing she was rejecting, not a baby, right. not right. a child. But again, she didn't know how to resolve that. So many times people are in trouble because they don't know how. Right. And that was where I I just didn't know how. Well, you had to forgive her. Yes. And trust me, growing up in church, I did everything to forgive her with my head. But every time I saw her or every time an issue came up, not the issue came up, my whole past came up, you know. So if even she, she found herself trying to help me in my marriage or with my kids, it all came back to, you're not good enough, you know, and you shouldn't have been born. Somehow those were the... Somehow that was the head talk that I was expressing. Mm -hmm. That was the self-talk that I was expressing automatically. It was default, no matter what she said, because I hadn't forgiven her, though I tried so many times. But I really did not know how. And forgiveness without compassion doesn't happen. So I had to find compassion for a 16-year-old not my mother. I tried to forgive my mother all those years, and it wasn't working. Well, you you were young, too, so you have to learn those skills. I mean, it takes us a while to learn how to forgive a parent. Yeah. And most people, you know, it's not natural to forgive a parent. It's just not natural. You expect your parent to love you and take care of you and protect you. And, And see, I knew all that, at least... You know, the thing that was most condemning for me or most hurtful for me is that at least I knew, even though I couldn't forgive my mom until I had that moment of revelation, but 
at least I knew that my mom had an excuse. What excuse did I have for rejecting my child at eight? She was a wanted child. I wanted her more than anything and loved her for the first eight years with no, no trouble. So what happened when she was eight? And that was part of my reveal that was huge. Well, what happened when she was eight? Glad you asked that. I didn't know if you wanted me to just... <laughs> sure. But what happened was he started gaining a little bit of weight, okay, which is a huge issue for me. I started seeing um, some teasing that was going on. Um, I started seeing that hardness happen to her. So basically what happened between the age of 8 and 10 was I started seeing myself in the mirror. Everything I didn't like about myself, she was a mirror image now. So she was mini-me, and it hurt too much. Built too many walls to protect myself from that, and now I had this child in front of me that was really making me relive my childhood. Now, consciousness did not know that. Okay, that's why I couldn't fix it because I didn't know that was happening deep inside of me. But I felt I was being rejected all over again. So it wasn't mm-hmm. her that was rejecting. It was me all over again. Mm-hmm. She just happened to be near of unresolved issues. Does that make sense? No, that, that totally makes sense. Um, you know, we're a product of our, our environment and how we grow up. So, you know, whether we learn... In the end, like you did, and hopefully most of us do, you know, we're going to transpose how we were brought up onto our children. And 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 she was eight at the time, so how is she doing today? Awesome. We work together, and we still butt heads because we are so similar. And um, But now it doesn't have anything to do with image or rejection. We're just really similar and uh, she's an awesome businesswoman, and, you know, she's 33 now and um, knows how to run a business like nobody, nobody's business. But we got heads because both pretty good controllers, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. she doesn't think she is, but she is. And her <laughs> mom, <laughs> you know, and so it's, it's uh, you know, it's like this catch and release. Like I, I release, and then I want to, you know, go back and catch it. So I give her responsibility, I give her things to do, and then, Mom comes back in and goes, no, no, but that's not how I want you to do it. She goes, Mom, are you doing it or am I doing it? You know, so we still butt heads, but not in a bad way, definitely not from a place of rejection. Ah, uh, well, that's terrific to hear. You know, I want to back up here. You you were talking about the R3 factors, and I you mentioned reveal, rewrite, and then what's the third one? The third one is renew, and that's my favorite because renew – my husband used to say, was making it better than it ever was before or ever could have been, you know, without the reveal and rewrite. So renew is one of those things you get to live through. You get to keep making every day better. You get to face your challenges different and in a new way. And so it's really about making life and relationship better than before. Well, did, did is this something that you learned from the Dr. Phil's workshops, or is this what you came up with, the reveal, rewrite, and renew? That was ours. Um, what happened was after years of doing what we do in our intensives, we started figuring out, look, there's something we're doing here that we should be able to 
you know, make it simple for people to see and understand. We knew that what we were doing um, worked because we saw it work for about 18 years. We just didn't know how to summarize it. You know, we didn't know how to give you the elevator speech of why this was working until we really sat down and said, okay, let's look at what we're doing throughout the 40 hours of this intensive. And we realized, you know, we couldn't change what we didn't reveal. And we saw that. We thought until people face yesterday, they can't even begin to heal. And then the rewrite was that with a different perspective, Today can be different. Today can be a good day. Today can be rewritten. It doesn't have to be the old song and dance. And so that's how we came up with the rewrite. And then the renew was renewing the mind so that your heart can have um, can have hope, you know, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be replayed. Yesterday doesn't have to keep replaying. Well, so you are... Yeah, we just kind of sat down one day and said, look, there's some, there's a formula to what we're doing. There's got to be. We just didn't know how to put it into simple terms. I love that, the R3 factor. And what does yeah. your relationship lifeline offer that's so different from most programs? It's very experiential. Um, it doesn't teach concepts. It helps you experience um, how you do life. So we we tell you when you come into the program that this isn't your normal therapy. This isn't normal, you know, sit down, take notes, conference. Um, it really is about revealing, you know, and we do that in in many different ways through exercises, through games, because you really find out who you are when you're put in situational things, in situational mm-hmm moments. So, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, we don't just tell you what forgiveness is and how good it is for you. We actually help you face the people you need to forgive. We do some role play. Um, And done in such a way that it's very safe and people don't feel right from the first hour they're there. They know they've come to a safe place. And so um, it builds, you know, uh, counselors and and psychologists and, and um, doctors have said that we do more in four days than they can do in two years of consistent counseling. And I think that has a lot to do with we don't stop. You know, counseling is great and counselors are awesome and I'm one of them. But, you know, when I'm only given 50 minutes to try to resolve World War III in a home, it doesn't it doesn't work. You know, and then we just open up a can of worms and then we send you off and hopefully you'll be back next week. So when people have reached sort of their limit where they don't feel hope in their relationships or in their family or even their their own self has come to a place of crisis because it's not just for couples, our programs are for individuals and couples. And so uh, when you feel like, you know, yesterday is just plaguing you and today is not a new day. It's just yesterday woken up again. Um, then you come to a place where you just don't know how. And so that's what we help you do. We really go through the R3 with you, but through an experiential program, not through a counseling uh, model. Right. 
Well, you answered a question of mine because I was envisioning, you know, the marriage conference. I missed the local marriage conference, by the way, at Influence Church on Sunday. I'm sorry that I did that, but um, you just answered my question. So it's it's not only for marriage couples, it's also for families in crisis and dealing with situations like you did. Yes, and also individuals. So, you know, even a single parent or a single person, before they choose a lifelong partner or if they're engaged or they want to know more about their partner. See, I believe that, you know, we carry rocks in our heart. That's what I did. I picked up one rock at a time. My rejection rock I picked up and put it in my heart. Then I picked up the bullying rock and put it in my heart. Then to protect myself, I started using control. and That's a hard rock, and I put it in my heart. And before you know it, I had built a wall of rocks to harden my heart. And so, you know, part of my judgment on people was based on those rocks. Could I trust you? Probably not. So then you didn't get in. Nobody ever fully got into my my heart because the rock wall was built there. And we begin to reveal those rocks that we've picked up along the way. So we really mm-hmm. encourage individuals to come for that reason and also before they get married so they can reveal. I wish I'd known, you know, here's another little reveal here that I'd like to share. I wish I'd known you know, before I got married, the things that were in my heart so that, you know, the baggage that I brought into my marriage could have been resolved before we got married. Because of the baggage I brought in and the baggage that my husband brought in from his past, he ended up being unfaithful at about year 14 of our marriage, and we were married 32 years. And I thank God for that reveal, rewrite, renew process that I didn't know that's what it was that we did then, but we knew we didn't want to end our marriage. And so we worked really hard at re- renewing our vows, and but we had to go through the reveal. We had to, you know, take accountability for what we brought into the marriage. And quite often the infidelity rate, the infidelity, first of all, the infidelity rate is so high right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's really sad. And part of that is because across America, loneliness is now an epidemic that kills more than cancer does. That's, you know, um, wow. uh, there's something that was just put out recently that they have found that it's an epidemic and it's a plague across our nation. And more and more social media that keeps us connected is really disconnecting us in a human fashion. And mm-hmm. so many marriages are so lonely that when somebody shows any kind of attention that has a human connection, it causes people to just draw because we were made for connectivity. So we'd lost some disconnect. I mean, we'd we'd lost some connectivity in our marriage, and, you know, it ended up with infidelity. But, again, you know, we chose to restore. And because of that, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of marriages restored because of our story and families restored because of our story. Was it easy? No, but it started with forgiveness and then healing took place after that. But I still tell people that was probably the best thing that ever happened to us as a married couple because the renew became better than it ever was before. I never dreamed marriage could actually be as good as it was for 
you know, the next 18 years after that. And my husband, by the way, passed away um, December 25th, uh, Christmas mm. Day, 2013. So we're coming up to two years. Oh, I'm so sorry. No regret. Yeah. So. Oh, but you, you had know, 32 years with him. This, yeah. As much as I miss him, we had the best 18 years I could have ever dreamed possible. Wow. And now I continue the legacy and the work we started together. Wow. What what a legacy. I've read a little bit about what you and Ron started and um I'm just I'm just amazed. I'm amazed and really inspired and I'm sure you're inspiring people across the nation. Can you tell us what um also the results that you've had and and they've been so great. Why are why is your program different and how have you had such great results? Spreading your word and Ron's word. Well, I'm going. I'm going to use the low scale. I, I know, um, you know, we held a 90% success rate for people that were already separated, or um, you know, on the road to divorce. Some of them already divorced and came to the program and then got back together. But I'm going to use 80 to 85% just to be very conservative, and that is when people have already decided to separate. I can still say we have over 99% success rate for people that um, consider this one of the best things they've ever done for themselves. We give a money-back guarantee on our program and always have for the last 25 years. And uh, I think we're over the 25 years, um, we've given money back four times. Two times I actually asked people to leave early because they were unstable emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally. And then two times um, somebody left in anger because they saw that their marriage wasn't going to work out. And that's all they came for. So, you know, I think those are pretty good odds considering. And so Absolutely. even people that, yeah, so whose relationship didn't work out will still tell you it was one of the best things they've ever done. They co-parent better, they're friends the hatred is gone, forgiveness is there. But, you know, not everybody makes it. But I still think, you know, 80 to 85% do make it. Why do we have such high results uh, compared to, you know, when we used to do just counseling because we were counselors? I think it's because of the reveal, rewrite, and renew. And I think it's because people want to be healthy. They just don't know how, you know. And so... Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know how to get rid of that rejection thing. Most of us don't connect our past to what we're doing today. And so that is a huge deal. We do an exercise that is so powerful, and yet it feels like you're not doing very much. But you just sit down and all by yourself, you find a space in the room where you're alone and you know, you, you take out this big poster board and, and we tell them, just, just go through your life as far back as you can remember and just jot down, you know, one or two words that reminds you of a really positive thought from your past or not a thought but an experience, you know. The very highest thing you can remember, the happiest days of your life and, and then some of the saddest or some of the most mm-hmm. traumatic days, some of the most painful days going as far back as you can remember. Of course, my first thing was, you know, I remembered I shouldn't have been born. 
and that was a really low thing. And then I remembered, you know, getting 99 out of 100 on a test, and I got the star at school, you know, in grade two. And so, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And you just, you're just kind of going through memory lane, and all of a sudden you start, we help you then from that point on with different exercises, connect the dots. Oh, wow, because that happened there. That's what I do with people now. Like, I shouldn't have been born. So in my marriage, I felt very rejected if my husband wouldn't compliment me or didn't notice I had a new dress. Well, how does that connect to those kids laughing at me or my parents rejecting me? How did that? And so we do stuff to help you connect. So that's a reveal. And then, of course, we go into the rewrite. And so that's what makes it as successful as it is, is it gives you hope that, whoa, if I can get rid of that sharp pain that obviously still affects me, because you see a lot of tears during this Mm -hmm. exercise, which means that if a painful memory can still be painful, it's not resolved and it's not forgiven. You know, does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. The Reveal, Rewrite, and Renew, it sounds like a, a terrific program. Um, I have a question for you. If if you had, since, you know, you've raised the three children, and um, you've mentioned your mother, and, and that is a painful experience and probably memories, um, but you've forgiven her. So I, I didn't ask you whether you had, was there a dad involved in growing up? Yeah, my, yeah. And my dad um, made things worse because he was a really loving dad and he always stuck up for me and for my sister and always got between and never stuck up for my mom. I recognize that today as an adult is that made things worse. He thought he was protecting us, but what he was doing was not protecting my mom. And Mm. so she was disciplining us. Good reason, because she wasn't a bad mom. She was, you know, a 16-year-old that didn't want to get pregnant, you know, and because he knew that, he always tried to overprotect, and so he would always say, oh, don't worry, you know, mom didn't mean that, or, you know, uh, it's okay, and then he'd fight with her. Well, being a young mom herself, she felt rejected, you know, and felt like he was not protecting her or standing up for her, so looking at it now from adult perspective, he didn't help the situation, but it felt good as a child, but he actually made things worse. And so when I teach parenting courses now, which I do do that also, um, I will tell parents, look, you need to stay together. You may disagree on some things, but you're not helping your children or moving them into becoming healthy adults by having this, you know, huge gap between mm-hmm. because play it you know and of course I played it my sister played it but what we didn't realize is that we were making it worse for her and then the discipline became more painful for us because she'd take it out mm-hmm. on us every time you stuck up for us it got worse for us so you know but as a child back then it felt like daddy was you know we were daddy's special girls didn't, right. didn't work out so so you're well, actually damaging your uh, your children more by playing the good card, you know, good cop, bad cop. Right. 
they, I think parents have to show a united front, and we don't always do that. Right. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with, especially when we raised our children, you know, there's nothing wrong with being honest. Mommy and Daddy don't agree on this all the time, but for this time, you know, we're going to stand with Mom's decision because for some reason she feels really strongly about that. Honesty in your parenting, that you don't have it all together, you don't figure it all out, you don't always agree, that's real life. Right. You know, that's life, and we want to teach our kids real life. So it's not always about agreeing, but it is as much as we can stand together on a decision that's been made. Right. Well, I've I've found this very inspiring, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Do you have um, anything that you would like to offer up to? You mentioned something about reimbursement or um, to couples or to people that take your courses. Can you talk about that yeah. for a minute? At this time of year, um, you know, I'd like to offer all your radio guests because it is Christmas coming up, and we've had so many um, just testimonies of pe- people saying. Um, this is the best Christmas we ever spent together as a family. So to, as a Christmas gift, I would like to offer $500 off a couple for our courses and um, coming up November, December. Uh, I, November starts this week, so it starts this Thursday. That might be a bit of a, you know, hard, but we've got a couple seats left. And for individuals, $250 off our program. We charge seven ninety five a person. And um, it translates to about $17 an hour uh, if you were to get regular counseling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we broke it down a little bit there. But right. instead of $7.95, uh, it would be um, 500 per person. That's a, that's a terrific deal. Terrific deal. And how do our listeners get in touch with you, Tina? The um, website is Tina Conkin with a K. Okay. Thank you so much. This is really enlightening. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hopefully I get to talk to you again in the future. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tina. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Ladies, I'm so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. Thank you so much. Olive Crest is a local nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing child abuse, treating and educating at-risk children, and preserving the family one life at a time. For 40 years, Olive Crest has provided safe, loving homes to at-risk youth throughout Southern California, Nevada, and the Pacific Northwest. There are many ways you can help, including volunteering or becoming a foster parent. Go to www.olivecrest.org or call 1-800-550-CHILD to learn more. That's 1-800-550-CHILD. Call today. You've been listening to the Tal Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.talljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice.